Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Uh, very special episode of In the Can today uh, with two very special guests. <laughs> One used to be my my assistant who I used to beat up on, Noah. I used to, yeah, I used to run this podcast. And you used to run the podcast. You've come a long way. Now you're now you're you've got more IMDb credits than I'll ever think of getting, which is good. That's what we're trying to promote here. And then uh, Stephen Prater, one of our other alumni as well. Uh, I wanted to bring these guys in uh, because um, back in last spring, we were hit up by, you guys probably remember his name. I can't remember his Joseph. name. Joseph. Joseph, <clears throat> who was the head, what was he, head PA? He, he was, was production associate. Yeah. Production associate for a little MTV show called? Wild and out. Wild and out. Wild and out. And they needed a grip of PAs because they were filming here at San in, at the Orange Show in San Bernardino. And they hit up like all the schools in the region. And we got officially six of ours placed as a department for the film TV media program here at Valley. On that shoot, five ended up making it, th- making it, and then four, four of you guys not only worked that show, but then... Where'd you guys just come back from? We just got back from New Jersey, uh, working on season 17. We worked on the next season because they brought us back. And they, uh, we had to pay for our plane tickets, but they put us up in hotels and uh, out in New Jersey. And per diem. And per diem, which was <laughs> <Get> nice. <that. laughs> Untaxed per diem. Uh, Did you even know what per diem meant before that? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> You're like, what the heck is per diem? I was like, oh, it's extra money. I don't, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the movie Made with Favreau, John Favreau and Vincent Vaughn? No. Okay. You need to check it out. And there's a whole bit about per diem because <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn is like, what? My, my per diem. What? <laughs> he didn't understand yeah. it. And so, all right, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So. Uh, yeah. They put us up for, I, I worked for f- uh, five weeks. You worked a little over five weeks, right? Six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Is Steven better than you? Is that why? <laughs> he, uh, I had to be back home for my dad's birthday. Okay. So right on. And he was better than me. Yes. <laughs> they, li- they liked him way more than me. Um, that's a lie. <laughs> so I, these, t- these two guys are, uh, not only were they former students, but when I first started teaching here in 2018, they, they, they suffered through classes with me as I was trying to figure out what I was doing. Uh, and so it, it's kind of like a, a proud Papa moment where I see them go off and, and get these gigs. So what, what do you think you got out of the program that helped you most, uh, with this opportunity? Um, for me, you were really just realistic with what, what was going to be on set. You didn't try to sugarcoat anything. You're like, you're going to work long hours. People are probably going to yell at you. People are probably going to be mean, um, which most people are nice, but you were really realistic with like what to expect on set. So when I got on set for the first time, I wasn't surprised by anything. I knew what was going to be there. And, uh, you, you taught us a lot of everything that was going to be there. And I wasn't deer deer in headlights when I got on set for the first day and so I could focus on working. I'm sure some of our other faculty helped you too. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. What about you, Steven? Um, I would say that's probably the thing that helped us most. Like you said, the practical, the practicality of the stuff that we do in the program. Um, even some of the technical aspects that we are familiar with that we learned through here and through like other professors, you, Kevin, and some others, um, that helped us most. Yeah. Out in the field. We'd like to hear that. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to make sure 
the whole campus hears that, and so they know that we're we're on to something over here. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was always my goal when I came to run a film program that for me, because I saw other programs and it's not too. And I went through a film program and I'm like, let's take the training wheels off and let, let you all <laughs> experience it on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what we, that's always my hope. Um, any, like what, what can you tell people about getting onto a set that they might not know about or what surprised you? Mm-hmm. Something that surprised me was cause they always say like networking super important. Everyone knows everyone everyone literally knows everyone like i i every set i work on i know somebody from something yeah. like um i worked on those ones uh this one set um for this music video and i was talking to the grip guy and just lo and behold he knows like this main dp i work with and he like started the company with him like 10 years ago and i just brought up his name because we were talking about uh grip things i was like oh i know this one guy he's like, oh i know that guy i worked with him for 10 years like i was just so everyone literally knows everyone so you have to have a good attitude you have to be really good on set and um one thing I always hear is like you have to assume everyone's going to be your boss one day. So you have to be really nice to everyone. Um, but like literally everyone knows everyone. So you have to come to set and be right and be correct and uh, be a good worker. Okay. And um, can you ask the question again so I can. So, yeah. What anything surprised you about the experience of being on set? Um, or just starting to work in the industry like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be the case. <laughs> I I guess someone some of the things that I I wasn't familiar with that I am now is knowing the difference between like a union like and non-union and how they're so different and how strict things are in the union like yeah. um, when there's times where we've worked me and I've worked together um, frequently um, since we've been on these gigs but the times where we've worked together would be like oh do you need help with something because it's the union they're like no like you can't yeah. Like, there's even, no crossover the basic stuff. And then, um, in like non-union shows, it's a little, they're a little more relaxed. You're able to do more. So that was kind of something that was surprised. I'm like, it's literally something basic, like a C stand or something, but they're still like, no, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? So I'm, I'm just, that's probably kind of the most surprising thing. And you see differences between like, um, features and like documentaries or like television, like they're all way different. So that's kind of like the thing that, I realized was like different or that I didn't really know going into it. Yeah. Well, and you, and you mentioned something there too. I think even, you know, if you take your brains back to when you first started the program here at Valley, like what your, what, what did you guys think that you wanted to do? And you probably still want to do that, but what was, what was your ideas, your career in film or TV was concerned? What did you all, where did you all see yourselves? Um, for me, it was, it's it still is now, but it's actually it shifted and then it went back and I was like, okay, no, that is for sure. So starting the program, I was for sure, I was like, I want to be a cinematographer or DP. Yeah. Um, and then I started realizing that the and we actually talked about this, the crossover between like film and um television is almost like no difference. Like it used to be like way different and in some aspects there are differences, but um I was like, okay, you know, maybe I could do like television series and stuff like that but then um just through like experience and helping out um on different sets um that's probably been the thing that's i've shifted back to and i'm like okay now i do think i want to stay with like 
features, stuff like that. Yeah. Cause you got some experience. And so you kind of know what the expectations are. What, what did you want to do when you're all grown up, Noah? Oh, well, going through <laughs> school, it changed a lot. Like I wanted to be, there was, I wanted to be a part of every different department, but I knew you couldn't really do that. So, but towards the end of the school, I buckled down and locked down on, I want to be a camera operator and DP. And that's, that's where I ended up at. And, um, I was still kind of iffy on it. Um, but then I started working on set and like seeing everything ran. I was like, yes, I for sure want to be in the but camera department. You all kind of also mentioned some other things. There's all these other departments So you talked about grip, yeah. right? Um, and so I think that's probably something you didn't realize is, and I, I don't know if you guys, I don't think you had me for the lecture where I bust out the cover sheet for the budget. Right. And you see there's four jobs on the above the line, which is director, producer, writer, actor, yeah, which everyone claims they want to do. And then there's all these other things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's good that you, you've all seen that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's people that grip full time. That's the, what they do. That's what they like. And that's their full time job. So yeah, and then there's just always like so. The bigger the budget gets, the more like these little jobs you see. Like when we worked on uh, Wild and Out, there was someone that made signs. I think that was like a big part of their job is they made signs for everything for signage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and then um, like saying there's just certain things that you learn, like different positions that are available that you wouldn't think of, like. One that I a job that I know that's like high in demand um, and not that many people know how to do it is DIT. And mm -hmm. they're responsible for all the content, the audio, all the footage to be backed up because, you know, if you don't have any of that, like that, that's thousands or millions of dollars, depending on what it is. So you just learn about these little jobs in between, but mean so much or matter. The di digital imaging tech. Yeah. Yeah. So that goes into color correction, right? On set. I think for some of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they start working on that. Which is a great segue for me to pump up next <laughs> fall here at San Bernardino Valley College. We will be launching our color correction class, Learning Da Vinci Resolve. Quick plug. <laughs> Where I'll be. <laughs> Shameless plug. And yeah, so if you're an alumni, but you're like, wow, they got this cool stuff now, feel free to come back to the program. <laughs> uh, we're more than happy to have you come back and do some <laughs> certificates. Your experience going through this program and then getting on set, and getting a feel for it, uh, if you if you had to look at uh, your yourself walking into this program three years ago, whenever it was, what would you say to that person today? Oh God, <laughs> what a deep question! I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'd, first I'd give myself a hug. <laughs> you would it's need to say okay. it's going to be okay. You, you would need to do that because Noah, Noah, I was kidding with him before. Uh, when we would, when we look at people's work in some of the classes and they'd pull up Noah's project, mm -hmm. he would just put his head down into his backpack. <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> but I'm like, it's part of the process. I, I think that's one thing. Hopefully... Two that I, I don't think most people understand about the arts in, in particular is you get critiqued a lot more mm -hmm. in these programs than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And guess what? In real life, you get critiqued mm -hmm. a lot, yep. whether it's whether it's the film and media industry or anything, really. Every, everyday life. Yeah. yeah. So <sighs> I don't know if I have any other questions. Um, what did I want to talk to you guys about? Any favorite films or TV shows that you recommend? Or you guys have just like no time to do it? Are you guys working consistently yeah. ever since? Like I pretty much work, yeah, yeah. full time. I, I'll get like 
four days, sometimes a week off. But like when production starts, it's kind of my life. I'm working like six days a week. I'm working like over 60, 70 hours yeah. a week. You were talking about networking. And so how how does that come up on set? If someone's never like, I'm working the set the first time, and then all of a sudden, how am I supposed to network and work at the same time? How do you think that, how did, how does it evolve? Well, like going to this program really helps me with that. Cause I knew a lot, I knew how to work on set. Like I knew what was going to be expected of me on set because the program helped me with that. So like the working part was kind of like almost second nature. Like it was, there was a bit of a learning curve, obviously. Yeah. I was taking what I was told and putting it into actual like practice. But, um, it was just kind of like, okay, I have to, you know, this is my name. This is what I want to do. Bring it up in conversation. Um, cause there's people out there that if you tell the right person, they'll get you where you want to be. Like, um, when we were working the first, the season 16 a while now, like I would bring that up they, and people would ask you too. People are curious, like, Hey, cause no one really wants to be a production assistant the rest of their life. Oh, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so they would be like, it's the greatest job in the world. <laughs> they're like, well, where do you want to end up at? Like people yeah. will ask you most of the time. Like if you, if you're good enough on set, like if you work hard and people, um, if you have a good attitude, people will be like, I have the power to kind of put you somewhere where you want to be. Where do you want to be at? So people will ask you sometimes, like, where do you want to end up at? And you just have to be that nice, kind person with a smile on their face. Because I'm always like a good, positive energy on set because we're <laughs> going to be here like 20 hours. So let's just yeah. keep a smile on our face because it'll make it easier. Um, so like having that mentality, uh, people will come to you, you. You can bring it up in conversation like, oh, yeah, I'm Noah, blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, what do you, where do you want to be if you're talking to like another production yeah. assistant? And then like you guys can help each other out because I've gotten a lot of my jobs from other production assistants. So it doesn't always have to be the higher up you're networking with. It could be other production assistants. Steven's gotten me jobs. He's gotten, I've gotten him jobs. Um, Nick, who's also an alumni from here, he's gotten me jobs. You know, like I, I, most of my jobs has come from other production assistants. So it's just meeting people and being kind and knowing people and being a hard worker. It's that, so it kind of comes naturally, just like meeting people. Did you have situations, either, either you guys can take this one, where you might not have said a bunch, but you got noticed? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll say that actually happened to me like recently. Like I was just doing whatever. I wasn't saying much, just helping with whatever um, they needed. And then they were asking like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I was like, I want to be camera operator. And then eventually like a DP and they're like, oh, okay. And they're like asking me, what have I done? And I'm telling them different things I've worked on and the, some of the experience that I have. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, and I was for this show, I was a PA, but I was also a runner. So I was just driving. And then the DP was just like, man, he's like, you don't know, like, I appreciate you, you know, doing this. And he's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I told him and he's like, all right. He's like, all right, we're going to get you on this. And so literally just that easily he put me on um like as an ac for it and so i'm gonna get it credit for it too nice so like noah said literally people are gonna ask you know you doing them a favor you helping them out like um they'll notice you you know you might work on say like 10 sets and maybe only one or two of those people or anybody who can um put you in a type of position that you want to be in will recognize you so yeah because it doesn't always happen that way. Like you said, it that one or two per people will recognize you. It's a lot of hustle. Are you enjoying the hustle? Oh, yeah. It's super fun. It's a grind. For I, lo sure. I, love, I love the set life. Yeah. I, yeah. I almost never sleep, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's definitely part of it. A friend of mine that's a location manager, It's he tells his wife, he's like, I'll be gone for nine months out of the year, basically, <laughs> is what it turns out to be, which is good. But that's, but that's, I think it's the other thing that they, 
let folks know that might be listening to future students, whatever is that's the, that's the industry. It's mm-hmm. nonstop. Um, and if you're not ready for it, it can be kind of jarring. That's why I just went into the teaching. I just, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll teach a class. I'll teach some classes. I, I enjoy teaching the classes and, and all that. Uh, any other closing thoughts? I just wanted to expand on the, the world. The long days are long, but like this is where you want to be at. So they don't really feel long. And usually yeah. if you're working with a lot of people you like. There's jokes flying. And it, those days do fly by. Like those 12 hour days are pretty easy. Like I'll, I'll have a couple like 15, 16 hour days. Those start to get a little long towards the end, but they it's where you want to be at. So it doesn't feel that long. So it's nice. Working. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I've, when I've been on my productions, it, it flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you're just, that's, Exactly. It's not a job if you love it. Yeah. And the nice thing is when they give you a paycheck, like (laughs) I got paid to do this. Sweet. (laughs) What what do you think, Steven? Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, It's the experience of like waking up and you'd be like, dang, I'm doing. I don't know the percentage I'm not going to even say, but I know most adults, they wake up, go to a job, they clock in. They're like, "Uh, whatever Mm -hmm. they're doing, it pays the bills, even People that are in certain professions, they get paid well. They're still not doing what they're passionate about or what they love. And get, being able to wake up and do that um, is just, it gives you like energy. You know, it's its awesome. You yeah. to wake up and do stuff like that. It's a good adrenaline rush. It is. All right. Well, thanks. I know you guys have busy schedules now. You're, you're big deals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I appreciate you all coming down here and being pawns in our marketing schemes <laughs> to promote the program. <laughs> but no, it's good to see you guys. Uh, good uh, for, I think, other students to hear about it. Yeah. And so they don't think it's so daunting. Uh, and, and yeah, to realize that you could go anywhere with this stuff. You just don't know where it's going to be. And pay attention in classes. <laughs> Get oh, yeah. good grades. Do your that. homework. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, but yeah. Like what? Work. Like one? Like what do you? Th- out of your class time here, you talked about it a little bit, but is there is there things where, man, that really translated over? That piece of technology really translated over to where I ended up so far mm-hmm. from this program to there. Is there something that, like, oh wow, that's cool. We did talk about that in class. It's a good thing I showed up that day. Yeah, um, it's a lot. It's a lot of like the little things that you wouldn't like how to set up a C stand. Like it's like a little thing that you have here. It's like it's, oh a C stand or a scrim. Or, that like, matters. A, jargon is a huge thing in the film industry. Everything has a na- like a different name, and like you get to learn a lot of the jargon because we call it what it's supposed to be called on set. Have either of you been Best Boy Electric yet? No. Have you met a Best Boy Electric? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the craziest people out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, that is the head electrician on the set. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along my education, they told me what that meant and, and why it came up, but now I can't remember. <laughs> well, again, thanks, guys. Great seeing you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll always we'll be around bugging you. Don't worry. <laughs> no problem. We'll be back. <laughs> All right. Talk to y'all soon. Did you ever use the podcast room when you were here? We used it, but it wasn't set up like this. This is a completely way better setup. <laughs> I mean, we I think we had um, we would set up, uh, you know, a boom pole to uh, a shotgun mic and um, have it on, you know, on some stand. Yeah, so, you know, we get lucky if we had a full working tripod to hold a hold that on there at the time. And this comp- and this room has been completely renovated.
No, it's awesome. I, I love what you guys have done with this place. <laughs> we love it. You know, we're here with Michael Contreras, uh, one of the alumni from the Film TV Media Program here at beautiful San Bernardino Valley College in beautiful downtown San Bernardino. Uh, Mike, when I started teaching here, Mike was one of my trusty interns, uh, carryover from Dr. Dusik, who ran the program for 30 years. Uh, and when I took over she said you know mike's gonna be there to help you out and and he did and um and then the best way i could help him out was to tell him your services were no longer needed you need to go get a real job somewhere so <laughs> and you know what that helped you man I, I, I gave you a cake and a card <laughs> <laughs> and you know that that little kick out of the out of the little nest over here at valley college was uh definitely what i needed you know i loved it here i learned a lot here um but no, I definitely, once I got out into actually in the industry working, I, man, I, it, things just went rolling from there. Yeah. So Mike was one of those, uh, we, earlier today we talked to Noah Donnelly and Stephen Prater. Uh, Mike was one of the six that got picked up to work on Wild and Out. And then one of four that ended up going to Jersey to work on the second season. So he just got back from Jersey. And, um, so what, what, what did you learn and what was like, what was that all about? Like all of a sudden you go from, Hey, get out of the Valley and go get a real job, kid. Well, uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that, uh, coming out, uh, from the school, you know, everything was just working as an intern. I was able, I was kind of like, um, working with a lot of the students that were coming in. It was more, it became like a mentoring, uh, aspect of it as a student, uh, and then when I got out, I was working with a lot of people that were like-minded, at an equal level as me. Um, it wasn't so much teaching more than learning as we go with, you know, the same people. Uh, and and also learning from, you know, the, the higher-ups and people that you really, really want to learn from and get to know, you know, your, your production management teams and your uh, producing teams and, and directing teams. Um, you know, uh, I think one of the, uh, the biggest things was stepping out. I was definitely felt prepared. So when I when I, uh, went to the first season, it was actually season sixteen of Wild and Out, uh, they came back and they were asking for people because they were they were actually local here in California and in, in San Bernardino. Yeah, uh, and so uh, thanks to you know some networking, <laughs> we were pulled on, and uh, that first job was just you know it was running gun. It was very uh, it was all hey you know what we, we the first part was all setups and uh, we were presetting for the show. Uh, then we had the actual filming days where we're, we were working during the shoot. Uh, and then we had loadouts and, you know, um, going through that entire process, uh, you know, working with everybody in the different departments, being able to uh, work on sets with the different cast and crew. Uh, you, you know, you, you um, it, it's pretty awesome because like I said, it was, it was a step out. It was, uh, but it was still a learning process. There was still so much. You were just absorb. I was absorbing so much. And, uh, I noticed um, when I was there that I, it really had like a, a, a more of like a calling to me, if that made sense. So I, I realized, hey, you know what? This is uh, I love it. I love it even more. You know, this isn't just this is something like in the industry. I'm actually doing this. You know, I'm here. Um, and so with that, uh, we did well enough uh, as a production team. Actually, our production team for season 16 of Wild and Out was given uh, a lot of praise. Everybody was saying that. Uh, our PA team was actually one of the best that, that people have worked with, which is pretty awesome because the majority of it was, uh, 
locals or, you know, from oh, here. Yeah. Um, so we got, we did get a lot of praise. I represent, you know, you know, you got to. <laughs> uh, and so with that, we were asked, some of us were asked to come back and we went to New Jersey and going to New Jersey was something different. You know, being able to someone, <laughs> being able to get the opportunity to be like, Hey, get an email like, Hey, you guys want to come back to Jersey and we're going to pay for your hotel and we're going to, you know, set you up with a per diem and we're, you know, we're going to pay it. And I asked this to the other guys, have you ever heard of a per diem before? You, uh, you, nope. Nope. <laughs> well, actually, no, last, last season, season 16, I heard it when the, when the, some of the uh, PAs that came from other places, they're yeah. like, Oh, we got a per diem. I was like, Hey, Okay. And then this time we're in Jersey. I'm like, I'm getting to the per diem. So a per diem is an amount of money they'll, they'll give you to, take care of your food and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And that's even like, so you don't, you have a day off a, a dark day. Yeah. You still get your pure DM. So that get your per diem. That's right. Yeah. You gotta, so gotta, always, <laughs> always negotiate those contracts where you get your per diem. Definitely. It comes in handy. Uh, you know, one of the things that Michael and I were talking about before we jumped on the pod today is I think what you discover once you get onto a professional set that you didn't know. So what, what were some of the hidden jobs and careers that you're like, I had no idea that existed because everyone goes to film school. And they're like, I'm going to do directing. I'm going to produce, or I'm going to act, or I'm going to write, or maybe I'll be a cinematographer, but there's other stuff, right? Yeah, no, there's, um, when you come in, I know when I came into school, you know, I was, I wanted to be a camera operator and a director and, and, you know, you have the main jobs that everybody knows. Uh, but when working on set, especially as a production assistant, because you're uh, spread out to work in so many different departments, you realize, I mean, you have you have a, a set of producers, which is, you know, uh, everything from your executive producer to, um, you know, your your line producers uh, to um, just, you know, some of the the standard producers that are, you know, this works like uh, I worked on a TV show a while now where they uh, they had the group of producers all in one area. And then they had another section for another group of producers and they were just kind of, they had all had a different job, but it was all uh, for the show. Uh, so then uh, along with the producers, you know, you have your directors, you have your ADs, which is another uh, job that a lot of people, um, I think, overlook because you, everybody wants to be the director. You don't realize that, you know, there is an AD and AD1, AD2. Uh, in some cases, there's an AD1, AD2. Sometimes there's just the AD1. And uh, those are the guys that are like that. You know, every, all the other departments that are there kind of flow through that guy to get to the director, the producers, all them. So um, that's a very important job that I remember coming in. I seen it, seen the ADs work like they're you, you'll know a good AD because they're loud. They're on set. They're, <laughs> they're making sure they're known and they're getting stuff done on time. They're making sure yeah. they know time is money. That's, yep. that's the number one thing with an AD. Um, so that was definitely one uh, getting into some of the, uh, you know, the audio, you have an audio team. It's not just a boom operator. You have your sound engineer, you have your op, boom up, you have a, uh, um, you know, you have your A1 assistant, your A2 assistant. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, that, you know, that was another thing. Uh, then you have, you know, your, with your lighting teams, you have your, your, uh, your gaffer, but then you have your lighting assistants. Uh, it just, it just breaks down and, and, and the best boy electric and the best boy electrics, <laughs> um, you know, and then you have your grips and there's just so much. And then as a production assistant itself, you know, yeah. uh, there's so many different types of PAs. I didn't realize how many PAs there were. Once I started working as a PA um, and you, know, you have everything from a set PA, you have talent PAs, you have locations, PAs, you have uh, shoot, you name it. And there's a PA for pretty much anything. You know? Yeah, it really is. It, the PA is really the, you know, everyone talks about the ground floor of an industry. The PA at this point is really the ground floor of the industry. And uh, that, that's why, you know, 
it's it's good that you all got in at that level to kind of see like oh this is because you see what it works and and then I think you're you were finding too like oh I'm kind of interested in this stuff right like you were talking to me earlier like I'm really interested in doing assistant directing or ading work right yeah no definitely um with the set on set stuff I would like to you know go with the ad work uh be there's another part of production management that a lot of people don't realize also and that's uh that's you know your the the production managers and the coordinators and um you know your your uh team that works on like all the paperwork all the uh making sure the money is being spent in the right places making sure not too much money is being spent in the wrong places making sure <laughs> right, right. um you know uh making sure that you know people are having lunch on time making sure that you know uh, things, you know, items are being picked up for the camera departments or the art departments or whoever, whatever department needs stuff to be pick, picked up on, you got to delegate that. Uh, and so there's a whole management aspect that I think is kind of really behind the scenes that um, when I started working there, I kind of like, wow, you know, yeah, producing and directing, it's, it's fun. But when you look into production management on that end, you're like, hey, you know, these guys, these guys, you know, they're, they're working, they're hustling, they do this constantly, they're working on different jobs. Um, and it's, it's really becomes like, uh, to me, it opened up as like, Hey, that's a career path I want to go into. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's project management at its, <laughs> at its most stressful at, at its most, uh, interesting and most compelling. I, as you know, before we got on and we were talking, I was like, I told you when I was in film school, I was, I was one of the, in my circle of people. I was the one that took the the AD and the UPM classes and the and the and I learned how to use Movie Magic, which is the production planning software. No one else knew it in my circle of friends. There was a few other people that knew it, but everyone would be like, "Hey, can you do this? Can you do this?" And I think you'll find and as a path, uh, if you can tell, like especially independence, hey, I can do that. That's going to be a resource for you. You know. Uh, because not everyone wants to jump into it, but if they find a good person to do it, then you're just going to be working. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that's what you, you know, I'm sure that's what you saw with people you, you were working with there. It was like, Hey, they're, they're working. Um, so what, how do you think the program, you know, I'm willing to ask this question. What do we do well and what could we improve on for future students? Uh, well, when I was uh, taking but classes, lo- get my ego up, and then you can then you can break it down. Like yeah, yeah no, uh, you guys. I mean, there's a lot of things that that were well done here. Uh, when I was going to school here, uh, taking the courses here, I was at a in a transition period, um, and so I learned a lot of things from the old uh, way uh, the, the, uh, that the department had been uh, run was run. Uh, once uh, you came in, actually, Lucas, things started changing for a different kind of going in a different direction. Um, and so I would have to say that both, uh, have prepared me as far as being able to, um, just have that one first and foremost, have that confidence to be able to go out and just be that independent person. Cause in this, in this field, you really need to be independent. You need to be able to have that, that, uh, in you to just go up and do what you need to do. Talk to somebody you never talked to before, you know, or, or put yourself in a situation where, you know, or, uh, it might be a little uncomfortable at first, but that's just because you're not used to it. You yeah. Know? Um, and so there, there was a lot of that uh, in this program. When I started, I took classes. Uh, I quickly became an intern um, and I was kind of put in a leadership position at, at one point and so, at some point. And so I just kind of, you know, I felt that really opened myself, my confidence up 
to be on set and to be able to not not be uh, timid and shy on set um, because I noticed, you know, when you're not when you're not timid and shy and you're on set, you're going to get a lot more feedback from people. A lot of a lot more people are going to remember you, and you want that, you know, uh, you know, especially if you're trying to set up something for the next for your next job. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, that's you know that's one thing uh, definitely helped me out as far as the uh, you know the learning. Um, set etiquette, learning how to work with producers, uh, learning the jargon, you know, film jargon, uh, learning, um, how to work with certain cameras or how to, uh, uh, you know, time frame, you know, scripts, you know, how do, uh, you know, there's just a, a huge, um, uh, amount of information that I was able to learn, uh, once the, uh, in the film and TV aspect, once the program started making that turn and making that switch, because that, uh, that's what really helped me when I get out, when I got out, because, uh, it was up to date, you know, I got out, I felt like I wasn't behind. I felt like, Hey, you know what? Cause the one thing about this industry, it just constantly changes. Yeah. So, um, there's like constant change, but yet then there's things that we were joking earlier about the term best boy electric. Like that's been around since the, the industry got started in the early 1900s. Somebody came up with that. It's like the head electrician is the best boy electric. Yeah. You know, just like, C47 is actually just a clothespin, but on a set, it's called a C47. Mm. No yeah. one remembers why, but, but then you're right. Then there's like these other changes that, that occur in terms of work and, and technology for sure. Mm -hmm. Or even, um, like flow. I know a lot of production yeah. flow, you know, you, you, uh, you really need to learn how to, you know, I, I think learning the program is when you're getting to production, Hey, it's production day. You're, you got to make sure you make sure on time, you make sure you're not late, make sure that, um, you know, you have your equipment, you're doing double checks on everything, stuff like that, that, that little stuff that I was taught here in, at the school really helps me out there. Cause it's just a more of just like off the, off the head. I don't even think about it. It's just like, yeah. okay, you know, this is, the, and then I'll bring it up. We'll talk about it with my other PAs or with, with the coordinator, whoever I'm, I'm in junk, conjunct, uh, you know, uh, conversation with at the time. And, um, and you know, that, that aspect alone is, is really helpful in the industry uh to be able to uh just have that natural reaction of uh okay this is what we might need to do okay maybe i should get this um you know or if you're you know working with video you know know what cables to do uh you know what cables go with what uh understanding um you know power cables from audio cables from uh video cables from you know, you, you name it. Um, that's another big thing. No, knowing how to wrap a cable is a big thing. You know, that's, I was very surprised that there's a lot of people in, in production who don't know how to wrap a cable. And that's right. why it's on my midterm in my <laughs> intro production class. Rap, they, and the students look at me like, what? I'm like, yes, you're going to wrap a cable as part of your grade. Oh yeah. When we were, we were in the height of the pandemic, um, that class, what I did was I had them video themselves, do it and post it. Uh, so I could you know, review it from there. Now. Yeah. And those things are, it's, it's the little things that people don't think about. And I, you mentioned workflow. Workflow is, and, and the professors and I here have this conversation all the time, is understanding, uh, I can't tell you how many projects of mine have been saved because of the paperwork. Because once I got to editing and we're in post, and because it was organized, we could find what we thought was missing audio or missing footage. It's like, wait, it's over here. So it's it's a huge part of, of it that I think students, because now it's, you guys have it so easy. And it's almost annoying to me. Like you can make a whole movie on your phone now. I couldn't do that. Yes. And so what what's great about it 
now is unlike uh, like other art forms, you you can come into a film program at a college and have been doing it a little bit. But what's also annoying about that is now we have to like change all your bad habits. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, that, yeah, that, that is one thing, but one thing, I mean, if you're coming in this industry, you just got to have that open mind that you, you're going to change, yeah. you got to change your everything for the most part, you know, something's going to change regardless. You got to be open to that. I think that's one thing. A lot of people don't, uh, they, they come in here and they think it's just, you know, you go to an office job, everything's pretty much the same thing over and over again, you know, yeah. um, things are always changing around here. So you're, you're constantly got to adapt with it. Yeah. If you don't, you're going to be behind for sure. Yeah. The, uh, what I, I think is interesting too, you mentioned the technology is it sounds like from others that I've talked to and I am tooting my horn a bit or tooting our department's horn is it sounds like we're running into, you guys are running into equipment that the program has. Is that, is that accurate? Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, one of the camera, well, going to the camera area, cause I was very camera focused when I was here, uh, the FF7 is one of the cameras that you guys use here at the department. And everywhere I go, it's uh, a lot of the time you see camera operators being hired on for the FF7 specifically uh, or camera assistants, you know, ACs for the, for the uh, FF7s. Um, and this is all over. This is nationally, you know? Yeah. Uh, and um, that uh, along with, um, I mean, I know you guys have, uh, I believe it was, you have an RE, right? Yeah, we have the Amira, and then we just got a Blackmagic Pocket 6K. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> that we haven't really, bust, we're waiting, because uh, that takes the same lenses as the Canon C500, which we right. also have coming in. Now, see, that's another, uh, the C500s are another one that uh, uh, are always asked for, you know, in the yeah. industry. I know the Blackmagic, I know a lot of independent directors that use the Blackmagics, and they're, they're awesome too. Yeah, and then we also, just for... Just because I thought it'd be cool, we have a film camera now. So there's that. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> the Airflex okay. 435, 35 millimeter. And I looked it up the other day because I was doing a presentation to high school students why they need to come to Valley, and I I didn't know this either. And um, Kevin Lyons will criticize me for saying what I'm about to say, but anyway, I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan, but he did <laughs> shoot the um, he did shoot his version. I guess part of his version. Uh, of Justice League with that Aeroflex 435. So nice. No Man Land, uh, which won Best Picture last year, was shot on the Amira, which we have. And then, uh, and that was, it was, that was my big thing too. Coming out of a film program, I was like, I didn't feel like I was going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so my goal was always, I want them to feel like, it's going to be intimidating enough, but at least go, I've seen that camera before and it wasn't just here. Or I understand this process a little bit of even like I said, the cable wrapping. I mean, mm-hmm. that little stuff like that gets picked up, I think quite a bit um, that people don't, people don't recognize that that that's one of those things. Well, uh, I think, I think uh, coming, you know, if you don't know anything about cameras and you look at a camera uh, and I'm not talking about just like a base, you know, like a, a standard, you know, camera, uh, automatic camera or even like a basic DSLR even. But if you look at more of like a cinema like camera um, or some of the, the camcorders, uh, the ENG cameras too, yeah. you know, those are really, um, you can really get intimidated by the way they yeah. look and everything that, you know, if you don't know what they do. And 
uh, and half the time it's actually, you, there's buttons on there. You'll never even, <laughs> you'll never even really push. It's always, it's always <laughs> menu out. The Sony's, you know, great cameras, but they love menus. Mm-hmm. And so now when I'm teaching it, I try to strip it down as much as possible and say, look, we're worried about three things, ISO, aperture, and shutter. So yes. let's just find those, find where that's at. And the nice thing about the Sony's, even the a seven threes, which we also have in the FS sevens is you can, you can program buttons and get to things fast mm-hmm. because that FS seven is made for what you are run and gun documentary style stuff. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's and that's why I was like, we got to get, we were looking at getting 4k in here when I got here, everyone, yeah, red, red, red was the sexy option. Mm-hmm. But then when I talk to industry people, they're like, well, yeah, but this one's getting used a lot. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different, uh, you know, uh, cameras. Like, it's, it's more of like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to do the run and gun? Are you trying yeah. to do more documentary style? Are you trying to do, get into more film? Um, you know, are you, uh, you know, trying to go more document, uh, like we said, documentary style. Um, yeah. but I mean, I, it just depends on what you're trying to do. I remember, uh, one of the camera operators I met that works for, uh, that works on the wild and out, uh, we were talking about, I was like, oh, you know, so do you have a camera that you, you know, like, or do you enjoy using or, um, you know, or what kind of cameras do you prefer? And, uh, and he like, he likes, he looked at me and just said, he goes, or he actually, you know, like at me, but he told my buddy, um, he said, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, matter what kind of cameras you're using as long as you get the, the, um, the framing, <laughs> right, yeah. you know, and right. he goes, and he goes, really doesn't matter. He goes, just make sure as a camera operator, you got to focus on, you know, making sure you, your focus is right in your composition. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes me, th- I, uh, some years ago, I was able to see the director, Alexander Payne at a, at a talk. He did a talk it was after the movie Nebraska came out. So this is some, some years, little years back and they did that black and white, but they did that black and white digital and classic directors don't really know what's getting, what, what the camera is. And so it was funny. Somebody in the audience got up and was like, what kind of, what was the camera he used? And he said, one that worked. One that worked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yep. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, I, you know, uh, because it, I had a conversation with uh, somebody earlier, that I think it might've been a student earlier this week. And I said, what happens is they see a good work and there's people that think there's a magic bullet to why that was. So that your camera must've done everything for you and yeah. not considering everything else as you've seen that goes into a production. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was there like, what, what would you say is your, your, your last words of inspiration to future film or media students out there or just, you know, <laughs> what, what, what have you learned? Um, I guess actually I'll reframe this because this is how I asked the other two guys earlier today is if you could look at yourself back when you first started this program, what would you say to them today? What would you say to yourself? I think the biggest thing is, uh, don't give up. Um, just keep going forward. You're going to hit a lot of, you know, uh, points where you, you hit some snags along the way. Uh, but if you keep that goal inside of what you want to do, you know, you're going to get to a point where you're actually doing it. When I was, uh, first started in, in this program, I was working a nine to five, actually a couple nine to fives. And then, um, I was doing production on the side. It was never a full-time thing for me. Uh, now I'm at a point where I'm doing production full-time. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I never, there's a point where I never saw that. And yeah. now I had the, con- you know, I had the confidence to be able to say, you know, I'm doing this. I had to step away and be like, I'm leaving. I had to write a letter of resignation <laughs> to my, my work. <laughs> right. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gone. 
Yeah. Um, and then I pursued so much more. And now by doing that, I'm meeting people who are calling me up. Most of my jobs that yeah. I get in the industry are from word of mouth. People are calling me, yep. people I worked with, you know, I mean, yeah, I go to certain job sites, um, been, you know, and, and I try there, but most of it's just the people I meet. Yeah. And so I would tell myself, don't give up, keep going. Don't worry about the little stuff. Don't worry about the, you know, the side things, uh, whatever's messing with you or whatever is, you know, on your mind right now, don't worry about that. Just focus on, on doing what you want to do. Yeah. You know, doing something you love, go out and, and don't, don't, uh, lollygag, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like right, actually right. do it, yeah. you know, cause you know, time, time just keeps moving and the more you just wait opportunities you're going to miss out on. Yeah. No, it makes me think about, um, my friend that does location managing, he was working for, film LA, which is the permit office out there. And I remember him telling some students some years ago that I had him talk to. And it was literally one of those things where he got the, he wanted to be a location scout that was ended up being a passion choice that he wanted to make. Well, they all go through film LA to get their permits. So he got to know all of them. Yeah. One day his now boss said, I got a spot open. Can you start Monday? That was on a Thursday. No two week notice. He'd been to film LA for five years. But that's how the industry is, and that's how it's different, I think, yes. than anywhere any other business or, or industry is. And it's kind of like they understand, yeah, I got to go do this other gig. Yeah, we got you. No worries. We'll see you later. <laughs> Definitely. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing a lot of people don't realize is working in the industry and, and, and working from like a nine-to-five job and somewhere else uh, – there's a lot of things that, you know, you're, you're constantly moving. You're, you're going to, you got to, if you're going to be in the industry and you want to work in the industry, expect to work for multiple employers, expect to work for the same people more than once. You're not going to be really settled down unless you uh, find a place where you get a full-time position with like a bigger company out here in yeah. California. It's easy for us because yeah. we can go to LA, Burbank, you know, we can get hired at Universal Studios. You can get hired at a uh, Disney, you know, you know, um, Nickelodeon, it's tons of places out here. You can get yeah. hired onto uh, companies, but really, um, you know, there's, there's that big difference of, of your, you're really your own, uh, you're a freelance, you're pretty much your own boss and you're going out finding your own jobs for yourself, yeah. you know? And, uh, and what's cool is that that's everyone else in the industry. Everyone yeah. else is doing the same thing. It can thing. be scary. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it can be scary, but like once you start thrilling, it, you realize that everyone else is doing the same yeah. thing. So they're, people are telling you pointers. Oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you get that? Yeah. Or I got a guy that let me give you their content. And so it's yeah. awesome. And you're touching on something that, um, it's funny. Cause, uh, I had a conversation, my last podcast, uh, with the guy that started the 48. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've recognized out here in the Inland empire, which I think is a hindrance for filmmakers in this area is not doing that enough. Like I, you you've got, it's extremely competitive industry, but yet there's this willingness. If they see that you're putting the effort in, they will help you. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's one thing in this region we have to get better at is willing to help each other get better mm -hmm. and get more work. So it, it, I'm glad you, you touched on that. Well, man, yeah. as always, no, I was, I was uh, glad to be a part of this, man. In the can. In the can. Yeah, You're now yeah. in the can. Now in the can. Uh, yeah, so we'll pro probably be dropping this uh, after the holiday. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Michael Contreras. For I'm glad to be on board. And uh, and uh, you know what? Everybody have a great holiday. Um, or since be after, I hope you guys have a great holiday and have a good New Year's. Yeah, all right. <laughs>